Welcome to Freedom to Choose, brought to you by Just As I Am Ministries, giving hope to people caught in the devastation of addiction. In their series, Questions from Prison, Rich and Susan Kallenberg share 14 messages they teach to prisoners and answer their questions from within the walls of captivity. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom 18 years ago from their out-of-control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Break free from the chains that may bind you or your loved ones. Now here's Rich and Susan on Freedom to Choose. Hello everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And we are, of course, uh, in the middle of the program Freedom to Choose, and we're in week 11. And uh, what are we doing, Susan? We are um, outlining a program that we're presenting in Folsom Women's Prison called Questions from Prison. Now, is this actually Folsom Prison itself? Yes. And it's it's the women's facility, right? Correct. And uh, how's that going in there? Of course, I know how it's going, but it's, it's awfully exciting, isn't it? It's going very well. We're, we're very blessed to be able to go in there and to see lives changed um, by the power of, of God's Spirit. So it's and a blessing. How many women on average would you say are coming into the class? We, we hold the class every Saturday mm-hmm. uh, from about one thirty to 3, 3.30 right in there. Correct. About how many women are coming to the class? There's anywhere from an average of 50 to 85 women that come in on a consistent basis. And, and that's consistent, isn't it? Correct. And, and, and you know, it's, it's just fun to watch. Uh, these women are intelligent, aren't they? Yes, they are extremely intelligent yes. women they get it and it, and, it, and they're looking for a way out and so our goal is to go in there and to present uh the healing message of the gospel and to help them to understand that there is a way out and we're going to talk a lot about that today in regards to uh the way out um now what are we we're going through the books steps to christ recovery edition aren't we correct now if someone has been listening to these programs and they wanted to get that book how would they get it they can give us a call at 916-645-1297 and we'd be happy to send a book out to them again it's 916-645-1297 and susan would you begin uh, today's program with a word of prayer okay Our loving Father in heaven, we're so grateful that uh, you provide access to your power through your Holy Spirit. And we just pray now that you will send him in abundance, that uh, you may impress our minds and the the minds of the hearers out there, and that uh, we may get a a better picture of who you are and how you would like us to relate to you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And of course, as we typically do, we start the program by... um, writing some questions on the whiteboard. Mm-hmm. And of course, the questions that we put on the whiteboard this week were what? Mm-hmm. Why does God allow trials? Mm-hmm. Why should I pray if God already knows what I need? And how often should I pray? Correct. And these are some pretty good questions, and we got some interesting answers. And of course, the title Once again, of our series is Questions from Prison, and we are in week 11, and the title of week 11 is what, Susan? Talking to God, the privilege of prayer. Stay in touch with the one who is healing you. That's right. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about trials and whatnot. I remember back, I think it was in 2010, remember in Chile that copper mine 
there was there was uh, I think for 69 days, 33 miners were buried alive, 2,300 feet underground in a copper mine in Chile. Their shift leader Lu- Luis Usura organized the men into teams that made decisions by majority vote. They carefully rationed their food and water, supported each other, and above all, they shared the hope of being rescued. And I think that's what Christians do. Mm. They share Mm. the hope of being rescued. And we're we're all trying to get off this planet alive, right? Right. And so um, the more I thought about this trial that they went through, because above ground, the rescuers, the family, the friends of the miners brought tents, they brought supplies, and all of this stuff they brought— and they, they made a camp, and they called it Campamento Esperanza, in other words, Camp Hope in English. And people around the world prayed and hoped for the rescue of the 33. One of the miners got to watch the birth of his daughter through a visual communication setup, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. He and his wife called her hope, called the daughter her hope, because she represented the hope that everyone clung to that the rescue would succeed. It was optimism and hope that made the difference. Hope is a choice. When you're faced with difficulties, you can choose to react with hope or with discouragement and defeat. Even if things don't turn out the way you want, life often brings trouble. We're all broken in many ways, but we can choose hope even in our brokenness. Since the late 70s, studies have proven that the laughter and a cheerful attitude actually help with healing. No wonder the Bible says that a cheerful heart is good like medicine. Laughter increases the heart rate. By the way, so does exercise. Yes. Laughter also increases the breathing rate. By the way, so does exercise. Mm-hmm. And laughter also increases circulation. And so does exercise. It releases natural opiates that soothe and react, relax the mind. And, and this is why we encourage the women in prison, um, when they go to our program, to number one, drink plenty of water because you're made out of water anyway, but, um, but to exercise. Right. And what, is, what does the exercise do for you? Well, it creates the natural endorphins that God made our bodies that way in order to deal with pain. Natural painkillers, endogenous morphine, right. endorphins. So, and so that helps someone to be able to live life on life's terms. Right. I mean, it's 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 a very good way to uh, give yourself an advantage. So, if if you get down and out, if you're struggling, remember to to. Um, that exercise will help you produce those painkillers that help you to deal with emotional pain. Um, And also, not only that, but a benefit is that laughter or exercise will also boost your immune system. Um, So what was our question? What was one of the first questions we put up on the board, of course, was why does God allow trials? Why does he allow trials? And we put that up on the board, and we got quite a few different questions got quite a few different responses. responses. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was that it'll make you stronger. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. How do trials make you stronger? Well, I know that in, uh, what is it, 2 Corinthians twelve nine, it says, in our weakness, God's strength is made perfect. And so I think that as we are weak, we can come to depend upon him instead of trying to depend upon ourselves. Because I don't know about you, but 
um, I tend to fail a lot myself when I try to do it on my own. And it's only through um, seeking that strength through Christ and his word and his promises wherein, and that's when um, I can overcome things and have victory. So it's it's really difficult if I try to do it on my own. Uh-huh. I mess things up quite a bit. So, so we can become stronger, and and it's character building, isn't it? And that's yes. one of the well, that's one of the things that the women said was okay. Number one, you, yeah, we become stronger. Number two, uh, it, it strengthens your character. But what we all came to a, a collective agreement on was that we find that through trials, we find that we're not well mm-hmm. on the way that we react. To certain things and so that shows our need and without a need there is no way that we will allow God to help us mm-hmm. unless we realize our need right and so that's so important and and as we spoke with the women on this particular topic on this subject of of trials and and what can happen through a trial and how you can realize your need, it just kind of clicked, didn't it? That the trial that they are going through right now made them all, everyone in that room, realize their need for God. Right, because when they were out on the street and were doing their own thing, they had no need for anything. It right. was only until they were brought to basically to their knees that they recognized that they were in deep trouble. So, so even though we're... <laughs> shaking our fist at God, saying, why are you allowing this to happen to me? Mm-hmm. It's in actuality, when you step back and look at the big picture, it's actually simply God trying to bring you closer to him. Right. And the only way that he possibly can to get your attention. You know, you know, we read the word obedience in the Bible, mm-hmm. obedience, and it's, it sounds like a real scary, brittle um you know, or the word perfection, you know, this brittle, unattainable. And really, um, obedience, when you break it down, is simply a willingness to listen. Mm-hmm. An open heart and a willingness to listen with an open mind. Because when, when, when someone has a willingness to listen with an open mind to God, obedience naturally follows. Right. It's a humbleness. It's a humbleness. You're willing to put your own opinions and your own thoughts aside in order to hear that 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 bigger voice of mm-hmm. somebody that knows everything and to be able to come in and, and to help you in a way that maybe you don't know about. Right, right. Because when you're sitting there in a prison and you're still upset with God mm-hmm. and you're saying, oh, man, Lord, why did you why did you allow this to happen to me? What on earth did I do to deserve this? And you're going through all the whole gamut of emotions of why did you allow this? And all of a sudden it comes to you that this is what my best thinking got me, Mm -hmm. was prison. Right. Maybe I do need to find another way. Maybe I do need God. And, And coming to that realization, because, I mean, just think of a classroom. What happens in a classroom if the children aren't willing to listen? Chaos. What do you get? Chaos. You get chaos. Right. Well, we've got a world right now that's not willing to listen. Mm-hmm. And you can see it's becoming more and more chaotic. Right. And, it's, and, and God, in his, in his mercy, puts us through trials to try to get our attention, to try to help us to, to listen. And um, most of the time we're shaking our fist at him, angry as he tries to draw us closer to him. So... 
prayer is opening your heart to God like you would to a friend, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's not that he needs to... Um, it's not that God needs you to tell him. He already knows, mm-hmm. right? Which raises a whole other question. That right, second if he knows question, already, why do, we, why do we have to and, pray? And if we have time, we'll get into that a little bit later because that's that's a much bigger picture, but I do want to touch on it if we can get into it a little bit later. But uh, prayer doesn't bring God down to you. It brings you up to him. And see, and I think about the story about those miners. They mm-hmm. wanted out of that hole. Right, really bad. They <laughs> had their focus on what was up top. Right. You know, they didn't want everybody to come down and camp with them down there in a, in a, in a, in a hole 2,300 feet below the surface. They wanted out. Right. And so they maintain a connection. Now, I can imagine this div- visual device that they were looking at that, that I can imagine the connection that they maintained with that. You know, the only lifeline, their so only to speak. Their only source. Their only source of, the, of, of what was above them. Mm-hmm. And see, I liken prayer to that. But, but see, we don't glue ourselves to the monitor. Mm. You know, we don't, for some reason, we want to break that connection all the time. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really make sense, does it? It doesn't make sense. Um, another reason why we want to pray a lot, another reason why we want to stay in that um, that connection and that, you know, because you we are creatures of habit, aren't we? Yes. And the more we do things, the more we like to do them, and the more we like to do them, the more we do them, mm-hmm. and it becomes habit, and that's, you know, God created us that way so that we could do other things while we're doing things, and they, we're just habitual creatures. And what happens is the more we pray, that becomes who we are. The more we're going to rely on God, the more we're going to see Jesus. And, you know, a lot of times, um, I know for me, I like to, I like to, uh, make other applications that are spiritual applications, you know, Mm kind of object lesson kind of things. And I noticed that that with the crews, with the concrete crews that I work with uh, at our company, I noticed that the more that we work steady, Mm -hmm. the better we get and the easier and safer the work is because everybody's in a groove, everybody, you know, and they can almost do it in their sleep. You know, if they're working every day and if they're constantly doing the same type of work, they could almost do it in their sleep. But in the wintertime, when it rains and things slow down and they only work one day a week or one day every two weeks, they get start to get out of shape. A little bit lazy. A little maybe. bit lazy, right. not as coordinated. They don't right. work well together. Mm-hmm. They kind of got to be retrained kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it is with our relationship with God. Right. It has to be a consistent. It has to thing be constant, happening. so that we could do it in our sleep. You know that we it just it's it, just who we are. But I think sometimes um, I don't know for for about other people, but for me, um, I don't know that when I'm praying that it's categorized as prayer. I think sometimes um, God just wants to hear from us. You know, so when we're praying, it doesn't have to be this formal. You know, this 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 and then that to bring the prayer together. I think God wants us to go to him and say, you know what, I'm, I'm having a real rotten day today. And so, so does, it, you have to help me to get through this because I don't, I don't know how to do it. And so, just be honest with him. So it doesn't have to fit a template. No. You know, does your child, when your child is struggling with something, 
really bad and your child comes to you and says, mommy, this happened or daddy, this happened. Do you only listen to the child when that complaint or that request fits a template? Right. We don't. Mm. No. God wants it from the heart, however it comes. I remember when I got clean and sober, three-word prayer for three months, God help me. Mm -hmm. I didn't know who God was. All I knew was my way didn't work. I needed help. And he was going to provide it. And he was going to provide it. (laughs) As long as you were willing to accept it. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, and it was just, God help me. That's all. I needed help. I still do. You know, sometimes that three word prayer is all I can pray in the morning. You know, it's just, but it's realizing that need. Now, remember when Jesus was on earth, he taught his disciples how to pray. And he told them to turn all of their worries and cares over to God. 1 Peter 5, 7, he promised God would hear, and you can be sure he will hear you. Jesus prayed a lot because he was human. He could fully relate our needs, fully relate our weaknesses, but he needed God's help every day to handle the responsibilities and the challenges that he faced. And Jesus is our example in everything, isn't he? Yes, because he knows what it's like to feel weak and tired and 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 how he confronted sin just you know he had the temptations and the issues that he came across just like you and I do and he understood that prayer was a necessity for survival and and talking to God was the way to his father was the way that he um, received comfort and joy and if if he needed that then what how much more do you and I um, need to be able to go to to God and to be able to go to our Father in heaven and to communicate with him. And it's it's more than just our needs, right? It's more about a, a relationship and companionship with one another. Um, it, you know, if you and I never talked, then... <laughs> then we would talk less. Exactly. And then the habit would be less and, I and think, less. Right. I mean, what do you... Remember, we go back to this every time. What do you got to do to grow weeds? Nothing. Nothing. You I, just let the garden I'm go. I'm a good weed grower. You're a good weed grower. Yes, we both bet. are, right? So what do you got to do to grow bad character traits? Nothing. Nothing. You just let yourself go just like you let a garden go. Right. And and it, it just automatically... It'll take over. It'll take over, right? right? Same with bad character Same traits. Same thing with bad character traits. Same thing with the, with the failure to stay in that habit of reading your Bible and praying. Right, because there, everything everything around us wants to draw us away from that. So the forces outside right the forces outside of us are all wanting to to pull us away from that one connection that's going to get us out of this planet alive. So so gardening is a lot of work, isn't it? It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Growing good character traits is a lot of work, yes. right? But we have to remember the gardener does all he does. He weeds, he waters, he trims, he prunes, he picks, he feeds. He feeds, he sprays, but the growth is still a miracle. Right. The master gardener. The master gardener. It's the, the garden. same thing with us. We can read the Bible, we can pray, we can fellowship, we can do all these wonderful things, but we have to remember we cannot force the growth. The growth is still a miracle. And one, if we keep that in the forefront of our mind, that God is working through us, mm-hmm. that we're not telling God what and when. I mean, you go to the doctor with a broken arm. You do not tell him that you need to be healed by next Friday. Right. The, the, the arm heals in its own time, and you just have to trust that it's going to heal. It's the same thing with us. 
We have to just trust that God's going to heal the damage done because there's a lot of damage done. We don't know why we did what we did, mm-hmm. why we why we became addicts. Right. We don't know why somebody chooses this over this. We don't know any of those, but we do know that there's damage done from the very core, from the very beginning, and that's what God wants to go in and heal. Right. He wants to heal that damage that we've done. And you can't just, you can't do it, it can't happen between strangers. No. You know, it has, he has to know that we definitely want to be healed, and and the only way that he knows that is if we, you know, communicate, I mean, he knows our hearts, but but we have to be communicating with him, and and that's what prayer does. That's what a relationship is. Christianity is not one-sided. Right. God didn't create us as robots. Mm-hmm. He created us to love him, and love is a choice. Hope is a choice. Faith. All of these things that we, that, that, that this cluster of stuff, we, you know, people will say, well, that, that word work at it is taboo. No, we have to work at it. You bet. You bet. We're not, we, like you said, we're not robots where we just sit here and wait for God to do everything for us. We do. There's things that we have, we have to, do. to do. We have to make that choice. And once we make the choice, then God gives God us gives the power. God gives us the power. You bet. You know, and I think that's a lot, that the Holy Spirit, uh, by giving us the clarity between right and wrong and helping us to see between right and wrong, you know, um, because I know the big danger, at least with me, is uh, the big three that we always discuss, or we discuss a lot, and that's like, want, and need. Mm-hmm. You know, you can like something, you can want something, but if you convince yourself you need it, look out. Because you got to have it. you got to have right. it. Well, we'd like to flip that around. When you go through a t- trial, uh, change. We, we need to change that like, want, and need to, I like Jesus, I want Jesus, and I need Jesus. Jesus. And once we understand, after we've gone through whatever trial it is we've gone through, once we understand that we need him, then scripture is fulfilled. God can help us. Then we have the willingness to listen. Then obedience flows. Then we want to go ahead and partner up with him and work on that weeding that garden. Right. And we understand that the growth is the miracle. And so then, and, and and as we assimilate all that information we want we learn to to want to do the right thing and we do it because it's the right thing to do you know when you think of a family and children and there's nothing better than a child that understands the difference between right and wrong and that's why they do what they do right you don't rather than than fear of punishment fear of punishment is good for starters or hope of reward hope of reward is good for starters and a lot of times you know that's i mean you used that on me before but i mean it happens but uh, <laughs> that's that's human nature, and it is good for starters. Right, fear of punishment and hope of reward. But we need to get beyond that, and that's what we I think. We need to mature. We need to mature. Yes. We need to grow up. And believe it or not, that's what biblical perfection is. It's a maturing. It's a growing up. But just remember, the apple on the tree doesn't matter what stage of growth it is in. It's perfect in every stage. It can't go from a bud to a red apple. Instantly, oh, right. it has to go through all the stages of growth, and at and at every stage of growth, it's perfect. It's perfect at every stage, and so if you get discouraged, if you get troubled, if you don't see that growth happening, just remember that God is the one that's that's causing the miracle of growth. And a lot of times we don't see it. 
A lot of times if you go out and you watch your fruit tree every day, it doesn't look like that fruit is getting bigger or getting ripe. But if you come back a week later, it's changed. It's changed. Right. So remember, it's going to be almost imperceptible to you, but God is doing it. God is working in you and through you. And so we asked the question again this week, do you want to be made well? Because Jesus many times asked before he healed, do you want to be made well? Is that what you need? Only you can answer that. Now next week, we'll head into week 12 of the book Steps to Christ Recovery Edition. If you'd like to get a hold of this book, you can give us a call at 916-645-1297. That's 916-645-1297. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose in the series Questions from Prison. There truly is hope for anyone whose life is in addiction captivity. Whether behind walls or not, Rich and Susan are living testimonials, and they've created this seven-step, biblically-based handbook and a recovery workbook to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook for someone you know, or if you're a member of a church and you'd like to create a ministry in the area of addiction, Rich and Susan can help you get started. Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. Call 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.